Yo, what's up? Listening to Dead Air Hardcore Radio. If you listen to our 19th anniversary episode a couple episodes back, you probably heard that I uncovered a ton of old episodes, interviews, and more. And since we've only been formally podcasting for the past three years, I'm definitely going to try to put these gems to good use. Because I know most of you motherfuckers have not listened to these at all. And I think I'm going to officially call this segment Looking Back. I think I called this, like, Dead Air Throwbacks or something. But I think, yeah, Looking Back is going to be the appropriate... That's that's the title that I'm thinking of right on the spot right now. So that's the that's what I'm going to go with. So for this episode of Looking Back, we're going to go back about a decade. And I believe this is, like, my second interview ever that I did on Dead Air. The first I did was with New Gods, and I'm glad that that one... I don't think the interview part exists anymore because that was straight trash. I was told, hey, do an interview. Do the questions now. I'm like, okay. But I believe a couple weeks later, we had, um, I think KGRG helped present the uh, Rotting Out No Bragging Rights tour. That was at Vera Project in, like, spring 2014 somewhere. So I was just told by K10 to go and uh, you need to just uh, put yourself out there. Go tell them what's up and make them do a fucking interview. So I went up to Walter. I believe that Dead Air interviewed them in the past, so I tried to uh, be like, Hey, we interviewed in the past, and... He was like, eh, maybe. He probably did. And I was like, oh, this is going great so far. But it happened. It was a pretty good interview. One thing, looking back at this, obviously you're going to hear some very cookie-cutter questions. Some were thought up by me. Some were given to me from K10. The one thing I realized looking back at this is... Holy crap. Did, was This was the edited version that I put on the air? I just edited it but just a few minutes ago before I started recording. So it's, it's a lot tighter now. But what was put on the air? Whew, I definitely missed some edits. You're going to hear some fucks and then you're going to hear some bleeps. I definitely didn't tighten it up. There was a a few spots where I said, oh, we're going to cut that out. And I definitely did not cut that out. I was just glad that Walter was just really good at doing interviews. And this is a perfect time because uh, Rotting Out celebrating 10 years of the wrong way. And this was a tour kind of supporting that record. As well as it being a huge moment in Rotting Out's career when they were playing a lot of bigger shows, bigger festivals, doing a lot of crossover. This specific tour was a tour with no bragging rights. Obviously, this is a time capsule. There's mentions of bands that we don't talk about anymore. And this was before the fact, so be mature. This is for historical purposes, not to highlight any specific bands. It's also interesting to look back because this is a, you know, 
a look back of before running out had to take a long break. So I hope you enjoy. We might be doing like one or two of these over the next couple weeks uh, as I got some stuff going on, but I will have content out nonetheless, and we will have some fresh stuff sooner than later. So here you go. Hope you enjoy. Here is Looking Back with Walter from Rotting Out. You're listening to Dead Air on KGRG FM. I am here with Walter from Rotting Out. Say hello, dude. How's it going? So, how's this tour been for you so far? Uh, it's actually been really good. Um, we're not used to playing sets this long. So, you know, like, my stamina is definitely getting put to the test. So, you know, I gotta go harder and last longer and all that stuff. Um, but other than that, it's fucking awesome. We're getting reactions we've never gotten before in cities. We barely even play. So, like, I obviously touring so much has definitely paid off. And, uh, yeah, we're just stoked to just keep hitting it hard and keep going, you know. The tour is very diverse, and I think that needs to be done uh, every so often because you play with the same kids, the same batch of kids. They will get tired of you. But, you know, also, like, bringing in a new crowd and giving people a new you know, perspective of what they probably have never seen is also refreshing, you know. So, like, uh, with the diversity of the tour, it brings in different kids from, like, <clears throat> sorry, uh, other genres and stuff like that into, like, a hardcore show. So I think I think that's pretty cool, you know. Also, you know, you're nurturing the local scenes at the same time. You know, some kid that has never seen Rotting Out goes to see Rotting Out and then be like, oh, wow, this is cool. Whoa, I've never seen any of these kids. They're from my town. Like... Uh, I didn't know we have this hardcore scene in, you know, this town of mine. So then they start getting interested in that, and they hopefully start supporting the local scene that way. Yeah, and you guys did a tour last fall with Story So Far, Stick to Your Guns. You did you did another stint with Stick to Your Guns as well. How how does this compare to kind of opening up for like like pretty big and almost oversold shows? Um. That was definitely weird. It w- we were on the fence. We're like, oh, man, we're not playing to our regular crowd. But that was, a, once again, that was a purpose. It was like, oh, yo, let's go. Let's go play to these new kids. Let's catch them off guard. When you play to hardcore kids uh, for so long and you tour for s- s- as often as we do, kids know what to expect. You know, a kid that's been to a Rotting Out show, they kind of know what they're getting themselves into. A uh, 14-year-old girl or, you know, 13-year-old kid, like, boy, at a story so far show isn't too sure what he's going to expect from a band he's never heard of. They're like, oh, who's rotting out? Let, let, let me go up front and see what's up. And then before they know it, they're caught in this fucking ball of energy that, you know, the kids that came out to us to see us, you know, unleash and they know, you know, what to do. And they're like, holy shit. They, get, either, they either get caught off guard and love it or they get caught off guard and get injured. <laughs> but, you know, that comes with our the territory, the way we play our you know, flavor of hardcore, like, it's very raw, very gritty, it's down to the essentials, you know, down to the basics, so, like, you know, no fat, no fucking pretty parts, you know, like, we're not, we're not, we just simplify everything back to just 
raw energy and, you know, chaos. And I think that's what people are attracted to. And you guys put out your full length the wrong way about the coming in about two to three months. It'll be you, you'll have it out for about a year. And what is the reaction to this record compared to your last full length street prowl? Um, street prowl was the first record I sang on. So people didn't really know what to expect because, you know, anytime you change singers, people will fall off. You know, they'll lose interest. It's like, oh, they're in love with this band that has this sound already and this vocalist. And, oh, he's leaving? They're, they're replacing him? Like, yeah, even, even I'm, like, I was hesitant. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, people are going to fall off. Like, I didn't want to do it. But we gave it a shot because we love the band so much. Um, so Street Proud was kind of like, oh, wow. Like, it's still the same band, just kind of... We, we had to go harder if we want to keep people's attention. You know what I mean? Like, we had to put it all out out there. Like, me, emotionally, like, I literally had to open up my life and pour and just put it to paper and hopefully, like, kids realize, yo, like, we're willing to give everything for this band. Like, we're literally putting every part of ourselves on the line um, and goes every night, whether there's 10 kids or 100 kids, we go hard. And Street Pro kind of, like, had set this tone for, like, what we were. You know, like, this is our sound. The Wrong Way was a much, much angrier um, approach to our sound. Like, the riffs are a little darker. The lyrics are angrier. The riffs are faster. They hit harder. And I, I personally think it's better just because we matured as a band. And we like it better. Like, oh, shit, this was written better. Like, the lines flow better. Like, I like this line now. Instead of looking back on Street Pound and being like, oh, I wish I could have done this. And, but with the wrong way, I was, like, very stoked. So, honestly, people love Street Pound. And I, I'm fucking flattered and stoked. But I'm just waiting for the wrong way to sink in for all the right reasons. Like, I think it's a better record. And I think once kids see from the perspective I'm looking at it, they'll be like, holy shit, like, this is sick. But whether kids like it or not, I don't, I don't really care because I'm... You're doing your thing. Yeah, I'm very proud of that record. Yeah, and you guys are, like, I, I think you guys do your thing really well. I've, I've seen your, your sets countless times. You don't leave anything left on that stage, and that's my, my personal input. Um, as far as, like, record content, um, is there a recurring theme or just like like one main thing you wanted people to get out of the wrong way um harsh truth i feel like a lot of people throw their problems and their mistakes and regrets under the rug that they try to cover it up so much that it just becomes a different pile of mess a different you know a, a whole new problem to begin with i the the wrong way was Facing every worst part of your life, every aspect of your life, whether it was your fault, someone else's fault, or something you regret doing, or something you wish you would have done, or something you had to do, whether you liked it or not. You know, this, this is the reality you live in, and you do what it takes to come out alive. You know, whether you come out broken, or torn, or more confident, you did what you had to do. And that's what the wrong way was. You you had to take any measures to just get out and stay alive. I mean, I think 
life is beautiful and life is, you know, the, the most precious thing we have. So you were willing to guard it with every ounce, whether it means you have to get as ugly as the next person to, you know, maintain air in your lungs, you know. And that, that's what the, the wrong way was about. It was being vicious and holding on to those things, whether it's love or whether it's holding on to hatred because it got you through the worst moments of your life or whether it's running out the door because you feel like you're prisoned in your own home. You know, it's, it's doing what it takes to just keep breathing. And that, that's, that's, that's what the wrong way was about completely. So as far as um, touring goes, like how long do you have left of this current tour and what are your future plans for the spring and summer? Um, well, this tour is uh, almost done. We have about uh, four shows left. Yeah. We play uh, a Pure Noise um, fest in Oakland. We play Portland tomorrow. Then we play this weird kind of big, festival called self-help with like a day to remember and stuff like that Dang. yeah that's like for us that's really weird like i it's way out of our element but we also like trying new things you know what i mean definitely could be an interesting thing for new for new people who have no idea what rotting out is even about and i think that's cool i think that giving people that option is important very it, important yeah, imagine going uh to a Blink-182 show, you know, you're 14, 15, you love Blink, and you're like, state's my shit. you know what I mean? And then you see the opening band, and I don't know, for for uh, for the converse, for sake of the conversation, you see Half Heart, you know? Yeah. And then you're not too sure what it is, but you see the energy they put out, and, you know, the attitude and the approach they have, and you're like, what was that? I want to be a part of that. What was that? Yeah. I think that's a real, like, that's the real appeal for hardcore and, like, a more, like, metalcore, post-hardcore realm. That's, like, that's that's a huge drawing factor. Yeah. What do you what do you think about that? I, I think it's, I think it's smart and it, it's, it's, it, it's vital. You know, like, like I said, hardcore kids will support you, you know, if, if you, you remain honest with what you're doing, if you're just using hardcore kids to get to some level, I think that's very disrespectful. Like if you know, oh, cool, we got all this fan base in the hardcore crowd. Let's get rid of that and start doing this whole other genre and like grow there and then, you know, up some social ladder. I think that's the most disrespectful thing you could do, especially yeah. the kids that poured their hearts out to your band and supported you when no one gave a shit about your band. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're not you're not abandoning them. You're you're uh, you're presenting what they love to another crowd, hoping that crowd comes over and keeps. You're nurturing your own scene, and I yeah. think that's getting more people involved. And yeah, it's super important for it's super kids. important. You know, I want some young kid that you know all he listened to was Metallica and Pantera, which is dope to listen to the Cro-Mags. You yeah. know, to listen to Breakdown, to listen to Black Flag, Agnostic Front. Like, I want them to realize where all that stuff descended from. Like, yeah. the roots of it all. Like, metal and punk all derived from, like, the coolest hardcore bands to me. Yeah. Bad Brains. You know what I mean? Like, 
I, I, I want that. That's what I want. I want some kid that's in love with the ghost inside to watch my band and fall in love with Downpressor and fall in love with Take Offense. Whether they like my band or not, I want to be that bridge to their new favorite band. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I want to be. Uh, because it's all about nurturing. It's all about keeping it going, growing, without abandoning anything, you know? And uh, I think I think that's important, the most important thing. You said earlier that you guys are with Pure Noise Records, and that's kind of a, a more recent thing, correct? And yes. how and how is that how has it been being a part of Pure Noise Records so far? Pure Noise was kind of a nostalgia thing for us. We always we we are a West Coast band. We are a California band and we want to remain a West Coast and a California band. And you know, being on a West Coast label just, you know, supports that even more. Also Jake from Pure Noise is a huge Raiders fan and that really helps <laughs> to seal the deal uh, with some of our members. And he's and he's awesome. Jake is great. He uh, he, everything we've heard and everything he's done for us up to date is very promising and very. He has a lot of confidence in what we do and how we do it. So uh, we love working with Jake and Pure Noise, and we can't wait to to release our next record with them. As far as the Northwest goes, this is the this is one of the first times you guys are not playing um, Rainfest this May, and how. How do you how do you feel about the festival as a whole and how do you feel about kind of not not playing it this year? It feels a little feels a little weird because we've played it every year for the past like 5 or 6 years and it's kind of like okay, let, let's take a breather. Let's like let's hold back just for once, you know what I mean? We don't want to yeah. be the house band and whatnot. Oh, cool. They got Andrew WK. F- my life. Like, you know, like it it, it it's it's bittersweet. You know, we're, but we also have a bunch of other stuff planned, you know, around that time. So, like, it just contradicts with, like, the way we tour and what we need to do. You know, like, we're after this tour, we're going to start writing a record. It's not, it probably won't come out till next year, but, like, that's that's a mentality we always have with records. We want to, like, take our time. The last thing I ever want to do is rush a record, you know. But uh, back to the point, Rainfest, I've been going to Rainfest for ages, and it's been rad man the people that put it on are honest kids great people they people that are involved with bands they've been involved with bands since i was a teen since they were teens i would see their bands when i was 15 16 in redondo beach in la you know what i mean yeah and they're still doing it and i i have a lot of respect for people that still give a about hardcore and still give about punk rock and aren't just waiting for their time to shine that they actually give to the community by putting on these festivals bringing these bands and all that stuff and that's why i like rainfest yeah Backtracking a little bit, I I heard through the grapevine, like like a, as a young Wally, you actually like I heard I don't confirm or deny that you rode in the back of a truck all the way just to see Champions last show. Oh yeah, it was the back of a Nissan. <laughs> um, you know, like uh, kind of like a small SUV type thing, like a Ford Runner type type thing where you know it, it like there's a hatch open. Well, I, I just, you know, everybody had their bags there, so I just put, like, a blanket there, and I just rode there from L.A. all the way to Seattle. And if, and we got pulled over, too. And surprised <laughs> the cop didn't see us. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, Champion was playing. Champion was a huge part of my life as a kid. There's no way, like... I was no gonna, way you're going to miss it, I was, no. Yeah, because 
the year before, a couple years before that, I missed the Stay Gold shows. Dang, yeah. Yeah, I missed Stay Gold, and I was like 18 or 17. I was like, Fuck. I was kicking myself. I was like, man, I suck. I should just like go. I should just go. I was like, I've never been on a plane. I've never been out of this state. And then people, I would just hear about people, yo, Stay Gold played, and it was sick. And then they played in a house after that. I was like, what? And then I told myself, I was like, never again. So I, I, you know, I jumped in the van with some friends and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm going with you guys. Like, there's no room. It's like, no, there's room, man. And I'm going. And if you watch the last videos, I'm stage diving throughout the whole thing. And it's awesome. I'm a lot lighter than I, than I am now. I was, I was a lot lighter. I was like a hundred, 190 pounds. I walk around at like 240 now. So, so yeah, man, that definitely confirmed to that. Yeah. And that's definitely how how was that show for you? That was one um I never actually I was a I was a young one when that was when that was happening, but that was one of the wildest sets I've seen for like on video, especially for Northwest Hardcore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From first of all, I didn't know many people from up here. I was in a band at the time with a kid that was from Olympia, so he like knew his way around up here and he knew some people and I was introduced to a lot of kids at, at the time, so that's why I have a lot of history with <clears throat> the Northwest. But, you know, I don't know how kids were going to react, but I didn't really care because I was going to dive and I was going to sing along and I was going to do what it takes because the cool thing about bands like Champion and Have Heart is they realize that this doesn't last forever and sometimes reunions are just not an option. And so you have to take it in then and then and now. You know what I mean? You got to, while it, while it's still here, you soak it up for whatever it's worth. Don't wait for some reunion. Don't wait. Oh, no, the place so and so fast in like five, six years. Yeah. No, there's no point. You soak it up now and you love it for as much as you can. And um, and that's why I, 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 I love that show because it was my first show where it was a final show. You know what I mean? Where it was like this band was breaking up and this was our last show. And, um, and, uh, it was very important, you know, this, I was like, this is it, like, what, what is it worth to me, you know, it was worth the 21 hour drive in the back of a car, it was worth the freezing nights in Olympia, sleeping in a corner, you know, it was worth nearly breaking my arm during the last song, you know, and it was worth every second. So I feel like if anybody would take anything out of that, it's like, yo, soak it in while it's still here because you never know when it's going to be taken away from you. That's why I go hard every night because if it's some kid's last show, for some reason my band, you know, decides to break up or something happens, someone passes away or, you know, just things don't work out. Yeah. I don't want the last show we ever played to be half-assed. I want, I want to make sure everybody knows how much I was willing to give and how hard we were willing to go even if it was 10 kids, you know? So I feel like the point of it all is just soak it in and be honest and go hard every time. Heck yeah. Well, that's pretty much all I, I had to, I had to ask for, for this. So do you have any closing statements, Walter? Um, Seattle needs more bands because you guys produce a lot of great bands in the past. Actually, the Northwest in general. Some of my favorite bands were from up here, man. Like, like I said, Stay Gold, Champion, um, Get the Most. Dude, Keep It Clear is playing, and I'm jealous. Like, uh, dude, Keep It Clear. Is yeah, in stride. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
And I, I, you know, I hear there's new bands, you know, they're singled out, there's safe and sound. Like, this is awesome because it's new kids, fresh kids, young kids still hungry for it and still, still keeping the scene growing. And I think that's perfect, man. Yo, this is Walter from Riding Out, and you're listening to Dead Air on KGRG FM.